I'm writer and comedian Emily Winter, and this is Comedians with Ghost Stories Season 3. Today on the podcast, I'm super excited to have Mike Albanese. Mike, thank you for joining me. Hello. Happy to be here. Yeah. Uh, Peter, in my bedroom. <laughs> but you are, you're in New York, right? I am. Yeah, I'm in, uh, in Astoria. So, Mike, you have a couple stories, um, and the first one is from Savannah. You're, are you from Georgia? Uh, I grew up mostly in Georgia. I'm from Philly originally. My whole family is from Philadelphia, but we moved down there like right before middle school, so to Georgia, to just north of Atlanta. Amazing. Cool. Well, go ahead and take it away, and I, I can't wait to hear your ghost story. Well, so I, I don't know personally my uh you didn't ask me this but i'm gonna tell you anyway just to, yeah. just to clarify my own i don't necessarily know what i believe in when it comes to paranormal or ghosts or spirits you know uh i feel like that that can have a lot of religious connotation um i personally don't know what is running this world uh but i think it's something that we as humans can understand i also believe that um ghosts exist but i don't know if it's like dead haunted spirits i think that energy and maybe you've heard this on the so stop me if you've heard this theory before but you know if you look at an xy axis and there's like the energy wave Mm -hmm. that energy can exist on multiple different levels of an axis and so if two waves intersect that could be two different dimensions or two different energies crossing and that could be like a spirit quote spirit that could be you know when people see visuals of stuff like who knows what the hell that is but i feel like that could be like another dimension i definitely think there's other dimensions out there so a ghost story a spirit story who knows what the hell any of that is i have no idea but i definitely think that there's something that there's a lot of things that we don't know about i like the way you describe it in sort of like a mathematical way it uh it gives it some like credence you know rather than just be like i do the ghost sure yeah yeah i mean I, but when you say when someone says ghost it's like all right what do you mean like what is did that? you did you think that like boogity boogity like got into your butt like you know it's what does it even mean <laughs> so that's like ghost could mean anything it could mean energy spirit because also like when we die who knows what happens uh, they say that, and again, I'm really straying here, but I'm also might be a little bit nervous that these my ghost stories don't last long enough. So I'm just, <laughs> you feel free to cut this out. <laughs> no, this is great. But they say that, and have you heard about like what the afterlife might be? Have you heard any? Do you have any like thoughts on that? Uh, do I have thoughts on the afterlife? Um, I I hope that our sort of energy, our spirit, uh, like goes into some sort of collective, uh, unconscious or whatever. And, uh, that's, I I don't want to be Emily Winter forever, so I can't let that be it. Um, but I also don't, yeah. So it's just kind of what I want mostly. I can't be this lady forever. I need, I need to be something else, but I also don't, uh, I don't like the idea that we just die. And I don't think that that makes sense either. Because even from comedy, like comedy, I feel like can be sort of a weirdly religious experience, like when you are doing well. 
I mean, I don't know oh, yeah. if you remember doing comedy at all anymore, but never but, did well. <laughs> but like that feeling of electricity, that's like something that is greater than the sum of its parts. Um, and it's, it's intangible, but it's almost tangible. So I don't know the idea of just being dead, it, like the fact that you can make something out of nothing um, and that you can feel energy makes me believe that it can't be, we can't just be dead. I don't know. Up, uploaded into the cloud because <laughs> I've there's a theory that I've I've seen, I think read or seen let's be honest I probably saw it uh, I definitely probably didn't read it uh, <laughs> but that the like when you dream when you have a dream and you know like in the dream like this is really happening a millisecond like a millisecond of a millisecond of a millisecond could feel like like in real time, like in, in our plane of existence, mm -hmm. in dream time can feel like days, months, years. And it could go by like that in real time, but in your head, in your dream, it could feel like an eternity. Science suggests that on average, the brain is still active or has electricity for eight minutes on average. Uh, I could, seven, nine, eight is what, I'm, what I remember hearing. So imagine eight minutes worth of milliseconds upon milliseconds upon milliseconds of possible eternities of time. That's terrifying. No, it could be. But like when people, you're like the afterlife, when people see the afterlife, it could just be two seconds of earth time turned into a thousand years of dream time. So that eight minutes could be a billion years in afterlife you know what i mean yeah so like that that could be one of the ideas that's that's i i like that because it sort of it makes sense to me but it's too many years i don't want to be stuck in a billion years of afterlife just to get through the last eight minutes of brain activity before i'm fully dead just yeah but what if that is what if that awesome. is heaven yeah what if it's like just constant orgasms and like whipped cream you know it could be like the greatest eight um, minutes of your, of your existence i don't trust my brain enough i that much like i had a <laughs> i had a dream last night i know people hate talking about dreams but i was transporting a coffin across country and once i got to the coffin or the place where i had to drop the coffin off i opened it and realized it was full of chopped off women's feet and then somebody was like, why, do, maybe this is a dream. And I was like, no, if this is a dream, that means that I could make that up in my head. And that is the word, I, I'm thinking about chopped off women's feet in a coffin. And I'm like, that's the worst news ever. And then I woke up and I was like, fuck, I did make that up. <laughs> I don't trust this sounds brain. Like, it sounds like a fetish. I know, I know. <laughs> you're going to, like you're going to sell them. <laughs> it sounds like a fetish and a horror movie and, um, and I just watched Scream 4, and you know, Scream, the Scream is all about being meta. So I was like talking about dreaming in my dream. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, I don't want to go. I love the Scream franchise, by They're the way. So I'm good. very excited for Scream 5. Oh my God, I'm so excited too. I was just listening to a different horror podcast, and they were talking about Selena Gomez might be the first to die in the beginning of the, you know. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Wait, are we still talking about the movie? <laughs> Okay, so let me tell you about my Savannah, my yes. Savannah experience. So Savannah is is widely considered one of the most uh, haunted places in America, possibly the world. The whole town is built on Indian burial grounds. They're constantly finding um, 
all kinds of graves and unmarked graves and like just tons and tons of death underneath this town. It's poltergeist the city. And That's so, amazing. Yeah. So from what I understand, sightings and weird things are not that uncommon and everyone has a story that lives there. I was down there doing a show years ago and me and a friend were sitting at this bar. So all the, all the restaurants and bars are like, some of them are like modern, but a lot of them are like in these old houses and these old like mansions or plantation type homes. And this one in particular has a basement that's like a dungeon. You ha I like, I'm a big guy, I'm six five. So I had to like duck and almost crawl, like almost get my head completely down, like below my shoulders to even get into this place. And I'm sitting at this really cool bar and it's like got this huge wall of wine neck behind the bar where they could pull out all their bottles. So we're sitting there and nobody's behind the bar. The bartender had gone. It's just me, my friend, and one other person. And literally nobody, this is important. Nobody was behind the bar. Mm -hmm. And the wine wall was up against a brick wall. So there was nothing behind the wall. Like there was nothing that could come up from behind it. Mm -hmm. And we're sitting there and out of nowhere, a wine bottle doesn't fall out of the shelf. It shoots out of the shelf across the other side of the bar, smashes, wine goes everywhere, glass breaks, shatters on the ground. And the three of us are just silently looking at it. You're like, did you just, we definitely saw that, right? Oh my and, God. And then the, a bar back comes by, comes by, sees it and just quietly sweeps it up. And he doesn't say a word. And I just go, excuse me, sir. What do you, what is going on? <laughs> it was way too casual. And then he said, oh yeah, this happens every now and again. And then he just walked away. I was like, this is not enough explanation. The bartender comes back and I go, hey man, not to be a whatever, but we definitely just saw a wine bottle shoot out from the wall and like aggressively be thrown into the wall and shatter. And he goes, oh yeah. And then he explains to us, that there is uh, possibly a ghost there that doesn't like people in the, the house. And so every now and again, it will do things like throw shit across the wall, hall or pick stuff up and launch it because it doesn't want anybody there. And it just kind of happens from time to time. And I was like, I, at, at that point, I never like personally, like consciously had a, a, seen anything. I didn't see a hand. I didn't see like anyone, like a, an apparition apparition i don't know the word but it definitely i definitely saw a wine bottle get thrown across the room from and it, it wasn't like all the questions of like did it bounce did it uh could it have been bumped from somebody on the other side absolutely not this was launched from one side of a bar to another from a sitting position in a single wine holder it was wild oh my god that's insane that's a great ghost story did you, um, did they, did they, did the bartender ever say, like, what, do they know anything more about the ghost, or just like, nah, it doesn't like it here, or like, hey, his name is George, or whatever? I feel like, I feel like they told us a little bit more about it, but I was kind of, like, in this weird, like, I'm in this dungeon, I'm done, I didn't <laughs> like it, and I took off. I also had a, I had, like, maybe two glasses of wine in me, so I was like, all right, this is just enough, I'm done. Yeah. And when we left, there was a ghost a ghost tour happening like in an old hearse and all these people in it. Cause that's like, it's, again, it's a very haunted town. And I was in like this mood. 
So I ran up to the ghost, I stopped the tour and I was like, can I tell you about what just happened? And I recanted the story and everyone was like, what? And like even the tour guy was like, oh my God, we've never <laughs> had this before. And, uh, it yeah, must have been so appreciative that you like added to their ghost oh, yeah. tour. That's like my dream to go on a ghost tour and have that happen. Oh my God, that's so, yeah. <laughs> that's so sweet. It was wild. I feel like I, like I should have gotten tips for that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Um, but this, this was amazing, but it's not even your only, you're like, oh yeah. And then there's this other time that I was possessed or whatever. And I'm like, no, you need to tell that on the podcast. <laughs> well, okay. So how, do you want some backstory or? Just yeah. Backstory? Give me some backstory. Okay. Okay. So Webster's defines go. No. Uh, <laughs> the, so my, my group. My step-grandfather, who is my actual, like, I grew up with him as my grandfather. He is my grandfather, but he was my grandmother's second husband, so I'm not blood-related. His, his real family kind of just cut him off once he married my grandmother. They didn't really talk to him. They didn't really give a shit. And for, some, for whatever reason, me and him created this really tight bond. Like, uh, he started developing Alzheimer's late in life. And didn't know anything, didn't remember anybody, but he remembered me. And that was like a big deal, I guess. I was very young, so I don't necessarily remember like it being a big deal. It was just, hey, this is pop. And go ahead, sorry. Oh, no. Why did his family cut him off? Because he got married to a nice lady. No, I I just think it was one of those things where it was like, ah, you know, like his kids had had grown and they just lost connection. They just lost. Maybe they didn't like him because they, he remarried or... No, I don't really it. know. Oh, I got it. Yeah, and I've asked, I've asked, but they don't really tell. Like, there's not a lot of information or people don't really want to tell. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, okay. But they weren't really great people. And so they just were like, screw this guy, whatever. And maybe he was a piece of shit. To, I, don't, I don't know. But to me, he was the, great, <laughs> he was the greatest. Yeah. Um, and so, like, even when, yes, when he would develop Alzheimer's, when he developed Alzheimer's people, he like remembered me and like he would see me and light up and it was like a whole thing. And it was a big deal, I guess, at the time. Um, and then even like when I, w- I remember my mom told me this story that one time later in his life, he, I get like, I was going to bed and I just went, went up to him. I sat on his lap, gave him a big hug and a kiss. I said, night pop, love you. And then he like kind of broke down a little bit because he was like my own kids and grandkids like my blood kids don't talk to me and this isn't even my grandkid like blood related even though he treated me like I was his grandkid mm-hmm. because then he's this is how he treats me he's like it's he was like very touched by that so anyway we had a, we had an interesting bond my uh later in life my grand so he gets alzheimer's really bad my grandmother is waiting on him head like top to bottom he wouldn't get, couldn't get out of bed on his own she had to bathe him by the time she got him downstairs, it was like two in the afternoon. So she would Same. feed him breakfast and lunch and dinner. And he would just sit there. And so hand and foot for a very long time. I, it, it took too long. Like it was just too much for her. And she ended up having a really bad stroke. So she goes to the hospital, to a nursing home to try that, to figure it out. She survived it. Uh, but she's in a nursing home because she's a bad stroke, can't do anything. They put him in an, another nursing home. But she was the only thing keeping him alive. And so days after she uh, has the stroke, he dies. Oh. Um, so 
we know that he's in the hospital. We know about all this happening. Uh, I was a, a heavy sleepwalker when I was a kid. I would, I would like open doors. I'd go like walking down the street, like real, really weird type wow. of sleepwalking. Um, so it wasn't odd that I would do that uh, as a kid. And my mom, one, this one particular morning at 2.13 in the morning is what, uh, is how the story was told to me. Because again, I was fairly young. And uh, I go into a room and I shake her awake. And she's like, sees me. She's like, ugh. She looks at the clock. She says, go to bed. Go to bed. It's not a big deal. Uh, and I go, and I said, it's okay. I just wanted to tell you I love you. Goodbye. And my mom was like, well, that's an odd one for you. But go to bed. <laughs> she's like, that's a little weird, but go to bed. She remembered the time because it was an odd thing to say. Yeah. Because normally it would just be gibberish or I wouldn't say anything. And they, she would just take me to bed. Well, the next day. They get the phone call that Pop passed away, and the estimated time of death was two fifteen in the morning. <gasps> so the 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 theory is the thought is is that because me and him had such a bond and such we were so connected that his energy came into me, and then I told my family goodbye on behalf of him around the, the exact around the exact same time that he passed away. Now my grandmother didn't know that he died they didn't tell him for a long tell her for a long time because she was just still like recovering from the stroke and the the day he passed away uh that morning like later in that morning when the nurses were talking to my grandmother they were going and taking care of her she asked them she goes did you meet my husband and they said no and they said he she said oh he you just must have just missed him he was just here they were like, oh, he's, oh, that's nice that he came to visit. Like, these people don't know. They're just nurses. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but she apparently, she was like, oh, yeah, he came and talked to me and hung out for a little bit, but he had to go. And then they asked my aunt later that day when she came to visit, they're like, oh, your, your dad was here. And she was like, excuse me? They were like, yeah, uh, Adele, my, my grandma's name is Adelheid. So Adele just said uh, that Andrew was here earlier this morning. And she goes, he passed away in the middle of the night last night. Oh my God. And so they were like, whoa, whoa, what? <laughs> so it's like, it was this very weird, like. Oh my God. His, his energy kind of, it feels like got out and like went to comfort the people around him. That's so beautiful. Yeah, he was a great guy. He really was. He, he used to give us, he used to make, when the ice cream truck would come by, he would make us answer trivia questions and he'd give us a quarter for every question we got right so that we can go to the ice cream truck. It feels like you grew up in like 1955 or something when you should <laughs> <laughs> kind of, yeah. He was a long haul truck driver, you know. <laughs> he, yeah, it was very very much a idyllic like 80s, you know, ni early 90s Philly family type of thing. That is adorable. These are, this is great. So did you ever do anything like, super weird while sleepwalking? I feel like that's an interesting problem oh yeah yeah i've done all kinds of crazy stuff like I, i'll again i'm these i'm just telling you what i've been told because i don't remember obviously any of this but like my i would like leave the house and set the house alarm off in the middle of the night and then like my parents <laughs> would like be freaking out because i think someone's in the house and then they would see me like down the street just like walking through the middle of the street type of stuff oh my god like real real crazy you know like hiding things, you know, I had a lot, I used to have night terrors really bad too. Like I would freak out that everyone was dying. 
and I don't really remember it. It was like this weird half sleep, half dream situation where I would lose my mind. So How old were you when I have stopped? kids, they are truly screwed. <laughs> um, how old were you when, when all this stopped? That's scary. Uh, I would, I'd say maybe like high school. Oh, wow. So you, you yeah, dealt with this for a long time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the sleepwalking, I don't remember. It was just something yeah. that I was told. But the night terrors, I do remember because those were like truly, truly like panic. And I, I suffer from anxiety and panic disorder now. So I, I get that. Like I know it's like somewhere built into my head. But uh, Did you not ever... as much now that I'm on medication. But Yeah, Lexapro? That's... Oh, yeah, baby. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Lexapro yeah, saved my life. Every time I go on me it, too. I have like a huge meltdown. And I'm like, oh, nope, I have anxiety. I need to be on this always. Um, Actually, that reminds me, I have to get a refill from my doctor today. I'm running out. So, <laughs> did you, when you had night terrors, did you ever see, like, did you ever get the feeling on your chest or, like, see somebody with red eyes? Like, that is, like, a common thing. That's sort I of sleep remember. paralysis, but, um, yeah, it kind of goes hand in hand. Anyway. I, do, I don't remember. I know that I've had sleep paralysis in my adult life once or twice. So horrible. Uh, and it's, her yeah, because you can't breathe, it. you can't move. I had like one time I was on a couch and I got it. I fell asleep and I had like I took everything I had inside of me to like push myself off the couch to like like jolt me out of it. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't remember red eyes or anything like that. I just remember the feeling of utter terror and, and death. Like I thought I remember like my family's going to die. I'm going to be left alone. It was just this really weird fear of just death. Overall I mean, death. it's like the feeling of being buried alive, honestly, or like something Kinda, like that yeah. where you can't move. Yeah. Anyway, it's terrifying. What do you think happens after you die? You asked me that question and I'm the interviewer. I should ask you back. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I say I have theories, but who knows? I, I, I wish, you know, my theory of like the brain dream state is possible. Uh, I don't think that the, I don't think that anyone knows. And if anyone that says that they know what happens, uh, that really sucks for them because I feel like they're planning on something that they don't know what's going to happen. And that's a, that's a, that to me is, is, is scary. <laughs> I hope they all get uploaded into the, whatever alien creature is actually running the show and we get to find <laughs> out what's actually happening. I take a lot of comfort in the idea that we're like living in a video game. I'm like, okay, I can't control anything. I d okay, I'll just eat a pizza. It's fine. Um, what have you been up to during the pandemic, Mike? And where can people find you all over the internet? And please take the opportunity to plug anything you want to plug. I would like to plug my TikTok. There's very yeah. little comedy on there. It's a lot of <laughs> cooking. Um, it's very upsetting. I have a video. I have one stand-up video on there. It's at Big Man Mike that has a lot of views, like almost 200,000. And then the all, and then the, my biggest video just surpassed that. And it had, it's, a, it's just a lady squeezing cannoli mix into a cannoli. And that is <laughs> the most upsetting thing that I could possibly, I was like, oh yeah, I'll put this up. And then it's like blowing everything out of the water. And I'm like, well, damn it. Why have we been doing this with our lives? Uh, I put up some stand up there and I put up, I put up some like cooking videos. I'm starting to put more like food stuff up just because that's what I'm trying to, to be. That's what I've been doing during the pandemic is a lot of cooking. 
And you are actually an expert, a food expert in my upcoming trivia book. Uh, I get experts for every chapter and you are my food expert. So um, hopefully my editor doesn't rip the book to shreds and we will both be very happy when it comes out. Yeah, I can't wait, can't wait to see it. I have, uh, yeah, I was a cook for a long time, worked in restaurants like crazy and uh, was had a food tour company and ran, I'm actually wearing, ironically, a pizza tour shirt from my, that didn't mean to do that, but. Is that, um, uh, is that in Carroll Gardens? Uh, it's all over. It's Manhattan. Okay. It's Brooklyn. It's, uh, I don't think they do Staten Island. Right now, nobody's doing anything, but yeah, they, they were all over the city. Like every neighborhood had, okay. we had a tour. Yeah. My husband and I have run into Alexis Guerrero's a lot in the Carroll Gardens pizza tour. Uh, yep. cause we live near yes. there. Uh, Alexis got me the job at Scott's and then we, me and him started our own tour company called Fat Venture. And that is, uh, you know, as with everything, it's uh, gone. On hiatus right now. Hiatus, yeah. yeah. So okay. where else, what else, is there, do you want to Twitter or anything else you want to plug? Yeah, it's just Big Man Mike. Uh, right. I think some of my stuff is private right now just because I'm trying, I, I'm working on a, pro, a TV project that I don't want to lose over a weird tweet. So I'm, I'm uh, smart. Yeah. So, so yeah, Big Man Mike, wherever you can find it. You don't want to say that like deep dish is terrible and then have the entire Chicago market hate you before you even. I think uh, deep dish is delicious, but I don't think it's pizza. I'll say that. Uh, I ain't scared of nobody from Chicago. Okay, well. Somebody, somebody that's enthusiastic about pizza from Chicago, I think I can take them. <laughs> that's me. That's me. I'm from Chicago. I love Chicago. I love it. It's just not pizza. I'm sorry. What is it? It's Italian. It's 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 a uh, Italian casserole. See, this is the kind of stuff. This is these are the, this is the only reason I could think of that you would want to keep a Twitter account private. Only reason. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, I've well, said that publicly many times. <laughs> best of luck to you when I check out your TikTok. Thank you so much for doing this podcast. This was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Comedians with Ghost Stories. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you like this podcast, please go ahead and rate and review it on iTunes, which will help other people find it and make me very happy. Um, you can also support the podcast by Venmoing me directly at emily-winter. You can follow me on social media, emilymcwinter on Instagram and Twitter. And you can join my mailing list uh, via my website, emilywintercomedy.com. Uh, and I appreciate any and all of those things. They help me survive and help me thrive and help me tell you about, hopefully, in 2021, live events that we'll have and uh, upcoming episodes of the podcast and other fun stuff I've been working on. Anyway, that's all. Have a great day.